Amy Ingerbretson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes, industry legends, experts, and mountain lovers from all walks of life. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there will be no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear, presented by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Long Underwear. This, of course, is your host, Amy. And today on the podcast, I have the incredible Maggie Voice. And Maggie, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Long Underwear. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've listened to quite a few episodes, so it's fun to be on and be a part of the show. Well, it's so fun to have you because I feel like I've gotten to like watch your career. I met you for the first time via K2 when you were tiny and I may have been involved in sneaking you into some places you should not have been. <laughs> it's no. true. I'm 21 now. We can talk about these things. <laughs> but um, yeah, you were just super, super hot on the scene. And then and now we share two sponsors, K2 and Spider. And it's just been super fun to watch your career just totally flourish and explode. And I feel like it's so exciting this fall. You just released your first personal film called Swift, Swift Current. And yep, it was so yep. great. What was it like doing your first like personal film? It's pretty like outside I mean, of your usual, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the contest scene the past few years have just been crazy. It's always contest to contest to contest. And this was something that I'd wanted to put together for a long time. And I finally was able to make it happen. And sponsors, you know, were stoked to be a part of it. And kind of just in between contests, we I had like my film crew and we would go out and you know, just try and get as much shots as we could. And thankfully, Mother Nature, like, really, we got lucky with that. Because yeah. obviously, you know how that goes <laughs> filming here. That's kind of the name of the game. So we really lucked out. And yeah, with COVID, I didn't get to, like, finish all the filming that I had planned. Yeah. But I'm so, so happy with how it turned out. Um, and it was totally different and something fun and new and just a new part of my career that I hope I get to keep exploring. Well, it's sweet. I love like the crossover element and you're getting on the backcountry and on a sled. You're yeah. still throwing down sick tricks. And I think that that's something that like every single park dude skier is doing and has been doing. And I think like the women should absolutely be doing the same. And I, I hope, yeah, I hope that, you know, this winter <laughs> and everything lines up that maybe we can like get out there together. Cause I think that that's super awesome. Well, I feel like so you need fun. to teach me some tricks. I'm like <laughs> not old, but older. And I don't really like, I didn't start learning, trying to like learn tricks until I was, you know, in my thirties. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hard. Like my air awareness comes from when I like started learning stuff when I was like 10, you know? So yeah, it's kind of like, muscle memory for me totally understandable and I did just buy a snowmobile so I have my yes. own I know you just got yes. one too so. I'm a newbie <laughs> I, I have a little film coming out this fall all about being a newbie on my sled so I am a newbie too oh my gosh and I went out with Tatum and Caitlin Farrington and they crush it on sleds oh, yeah I'm just like constantly <laughs> like so frustrated always getting stuck <laughs> I find that like uh when I'm out on my sled it's like the scariest part of my day is the sledding, which makes then the skiing less scary because you're so wrapped up in the sledding. So true. So true. Even just going down like steep hills, I'm like, oh my gosh. But- uh, what about going up the steep hills? I feel like okay, the gnarliest thing. What's the like well, worst pickle you've gotten how, yourself like, into? I mean, I don't think I've done anything like seriously horrible, but you know, just getting stuck, like, oh, I'm out. And then I got stuck again. And then the, <laughs> bo- the crew of boys I'm with are like, 
I'm sure like, oh man, I mean, they know what they're getting into. They're super helpful, but just constantly getting it stuck and like tipping over and just stupid spots. And yeah, I just feel bad. I get like totally embarrassed. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're like, oh, you just have to laugh it off and just know that like, you just got to rip the helmets off and just, it's part of the deal. I, uh, I like jumped my trailer loading my sled the first year I had it. And I got like the belly of the sled was stuck on like the tongue of my trailer and the front skis were like under the sled. So it's just like, actually, what are we going to do here? <laughs> it was such a bad so, situation. <laughs> I, I haven't even like loaded or unloaded my sled yet. We'll so. get there. I, I like to recruit like crews of newbies out there. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you, you're, you're rehabbing again, right? You had, mm-hmm. you had a great contest season and then So back in April, I had my second ACL surgery on my left knee and rehab super hard for seven months. And I just really wanted to get back and compete that season. So like I said, back at seven months skiing in November and by the end of January, I skied at my X Games, which was my first event back at nine months and had the best season of my entire career, three X Games medals and uh, like podiumed at every event. So not, not to say like I, I didn't expect that from myself, but it was just really rewarding, you know, after coming back from a knee injury. Um, and then I was also able, like we talked about, finish filming for Swift Current. Um, so yeah, just such a fun, successful season. And then unfortunately, I kind of tweaked my knee again in July and had surgery in August, but I should be back skiing by the new year. So Wow. That's crazy. That is, that is great bounce back, but I believe in you. I think we'll get on snow. You'll just have to be skiing some powder with me this winter. Yeah. I'm dreaming about it. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, what do you say? We stop talking about skiing. We call it the S word. You don't say it. If, uh, if you say the S word, you owe me a backflip lesson every single time. Like each lesson is (laughs) half a day. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a deal. All right. Sweet. All right. No S word, non-ski portion of the show. Here we come. You hear that? That's the sound of a cold Sierra Nevada beer that was delivered right to your door. (sighs) Learn more at SierraNevada.com. Please drink responsibly. This podcast is made possible by Warren Miller's 71st film, Future Retro, streaming virtually this November. You can't look toward the future without taking a look back at the past. Future Retro will be that connection, past, present, and future. Travel to Antarctica, Montana, Iceland, Switzerland, Alaska, Vermont, and beyond. Join this collective experience, complete with a virtual red carpet, athlete appearances, behind-the-scenes interviews, and vintage throwbacks. Tune into Warren Miller's Future Retro from anywhere. Go to warrenmiller.com to learn more. Okay, so I want to know, so we were just kind of talking about your rehab, and I think it's uh, pretty common for athletes to rehab. They, they like find something new to do. So, and this could also be like, combined with maybe what you did during quarantine is like, what, what like new hobby have you discovered or what have you been really like digging into with the, the rehabness and the whole quarantine-ness that we've all been going through? Oh man. I mean, that's such a wonderful question. And it's funny, every time I get injured, I'm always like, I have to figure out who I am without skiing. I mean, I'm, oh, I said that word. (laughs) Anyways, backflip lesson. (laughs) It's just like, you know, my whole life has kind of revolved around my sport and it's kind of fun to just like explore who I am outside of it. And, um, I haven't gone to college yet or done anything like that, but I've really gotten into cooking. Like both of my parents are great cooks and just kind of the whole process of slowing down. Um, 
trying to get good at that. I know all of us, you know, athletes are just like, go, go, go. So that's been really tough. And, but it's been fun. And, you know, staying on top of my workouts and my fitness. Um, Since I've been home in Montana, I do a lot of hiking and camping, rafting, just getting outdoors and uh, kind of just enjoying that part of it. Um, And the stuff that I don't get to do all the time when I'm super busy. What's your, what's your go-to like meal to cook? What's your go-to recipe? I knew you'd ask or like this. your strength. Like, like oh. I have my, my, like my chicken piccata is my thing. Oh, see, I love, I don't know if I have a thing yet. Is that crazy to say? I don't know. I don't know if I had a thing when I was your age. Maybe, maybe. Like I'm figuring know. it out. I'm like, making chicken love- piccata like since then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Well, maybe I'll, I got, I got to try that. I mean, for me, I will literally try anything. Like I love curries. Those are simple. Mm. I guess I'm more into like the simple dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but for someone my age, you know, it's fun. And I'm, I'm a horrible baker. That is one thing I'm like, I should probably work on my baking skills. Mm. It's a okay, you know, dance though. Throw whatever you want in. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very indicative of personality type, I think actually. Yeah. Like if yeah, you're a baker sister. or a chef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my sister went to culinary school. She's also a great cook. Oh, wow. And she cooked or she was a baker in like vegan, gluten-free bakeries. And like, the, I'm like that whole precision of it, of like, you know, not using flour. The way she talks about it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Too much math. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've, I'm actually not like a great cook or baker, but I'm really good at logistics. Like I have a really organized mind. And so like my approach to cooking is like logistics. Like we have to get everything hot at the same time like a thanksgiving dinner like everything hot at the same time is super hard to execute but like for me it's about logistics and like i take it that way even though like i'm not really like a great flavors person or very creative or anything but like i can plan it you know (laughs) no that's what i think i'm good i think like i said i don't have my dish yet but my dad was a really good cook so growing up we just had like incredible meals and i really feel like i developed that sense for taste and flavor Mm mm-hmm Maybe that just is salt. I just love salt. <laughs> but butter. So I feel like thing. I got I got that going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, you should follow there's this uh Instagram account, half baked heart half baked harvest. And I've oh, been yeah, like read your all her sister. meals. It's so, so good. Um yeah. well, you kind of touched on it, but I kinda wanna know. So you're you're from Montana, you're from Whitefish, which I think not to blow it up, I think is like the coolest town ever. Um as a Californian, I feel bad because everywhere, like everyone I talk to is like, oh my God, all the Californians are coming. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, come on. Totally. <laughs> I'm staying in California. I'm still here. That's true. You found a great spot. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell me about Montana. Like what is like your favorite part of like, I don't know. I just, I'm so like romanticized by Montana. I think so many people are. And uh, obviously aside from the S word and the snowy mountains, like what is it a, like as a true Montana local, like what is it about Montana that's so like special? I mean, I think everyone from Montana, all the Montanans, they're just proud to be from Montana. I really think that's what it has to do, but and I'm talking like, I love all, all of Montana is great, but Northwest Montana is where it's at. That's the mountains. And cause generally people are like, do you ride your horse to school? Like questions <laughs> like, that. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not from that part of Montana. Sure. Um, but I mean, we just have, I feel like everything, you know, everything, it offers everything for all the outdoor needs. And whitefish is just so special because we have a lake here and then we're so close to Glacier National Park. We have an ski resort not talking about and then (laughs) um 
just great mountain biking like we we really have I feel like everything to offer rafting fishing so it's just such a special wonderful place and I'm kind of all over the place don't really know exactly what is home right now but Montana is definitely where I'm gonna end up yeah I love it up there every time I get the chance to go up there and check out your neck of the woods I'm like I want to stay here this is amazing but Californians stay in California no I'm just kidding great parts of California (laughs) I know I know I can't blame people for like wanting to jump into the lifestyle that I found and that I encourage and you know all those things so it's it's hard because you see see places changing but then you also can't blame people you know it's hard no I, I feel like it's um as people like you and I that are locals in some of these like gem towns I think it's really important for us to be like welcoming and positive right now, even though I know things are changing, but I just, it's so hard to see how much like hate and like anger is coming out of every facet of our world right now. I know it's so true. And I think that's another people, like another reason people like Montana too, like generally everyone's pretty welcoming right now might be like a, you know, a little bit of a exception to that but I also agree we need more love on this planet (laughs) Mm, so big time so big Mm -hmm. time um okay Maggie I want to know what your most irrational fear is so like not a rational fear like I'm scared of snakes or something because we're we're all scared maybe you're not but like what's what are you irrationally scared of would that be like like being like claustrophobic could be I mean it could be rational I mean I can be claustrophobic are you claustrophobic Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I am so claustrophobic and I've always been like, always, always been, but I, for like, some reason, like, like elevators bug you used to, when I was really little, it was, it was bad. I was terrified. Mm. It was always mm. take, like, I'm going to take the stairs or my parents, like they always knew that elevators were not my thing. And even like more like dark tight. I don't know. Oh, how, how did you get over the elevator thing? I mean, I think I just grew up and was like, okay, it's an elevator. You're going to be fine. (laughs) Right. Came with age. But I know some friends who like, they're really into caving and exploring caves and they've seen videos and they're like crawling Mm. under, like, I just, oh, it like makes me cringe. That's so funny. Um, I've become claustrophobic later in my life, but that was because I was buried in an avalanche and side effect has been like newfound claustrophobia, which I never, super reasonable. I understand why my brain goes there, but like. I have like a newfound respect for people with claustrophobia because I didn't really like get it, you know, like I didn't really mind. And then like now, like even anytime it's like for me, it's like anytime I'm feeling compression. So even like a really crowded tram when people are leaning. I know you were just in Europe, so you understand. It's like pack you in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) What is your fear? My irrational fear? Oh my God, I have so many irrational fears. Um, I am really irrationally scared of getting the pit out of the avocado. Like I can't do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, so Are you afraid of cutting your hand? I don't know. Well, yeah, I just like, I'm sketched out. If there's anybody else around to get the pit out of the avocado, I need them to do it. And then I was riding the chairlift with this chick like a few years back and her hand was all like bandaged up and she was like taped to her ski pole. And I was like, what happened? She's like, I cut off my finger getting a pit out of an avocado. And I was like, no, not true. And it was like a hundred percent true. And so I was like, my fear is like totally validated, but I'm also, I'm also super scared of cheese graters and potato peelers. Mm-mm. I can't mess with those. Oh, kind of or scary. mandolins. Really oh, no, 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 no. I don't know. Maybe I'm just my like mom, scared in the kitchen yeah. going back to cooking. <laughs> My mom also put her finger in a blender once accidentally. No. Uh-uh. Like it was 
she was fine a couple stitches like my mom's owned a restaurant my dad's a chef so they all work with like the big industrial kitchen stuff so oh yeah um so kind of like taking that into like a different way so like I feel like sure you're young but you're really mature like you've always been so mature like even when we were hanging out and you were like 14 and you were like telling me how to dress for the hip-hop party because like I thought I was cool like TLC and you're like Amy who's TLC I'm like oh my god sacrilege but uh you like did my hair and these braids and stuff it was so cool you've always been like so mature (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) and um I think like for you being young but but mature you've been through a lot you know compared to most people in your age and um like so when you look at the future like what are you looking in the future like maybe this time right now that's so crazy or just in general that like you're super excited about but then on the flip side like what right now is like super freaking you out or scaring you about the future because like I don't know about you but I kind of like go back and forth like yeah I mean it's definitely a time to feel really intimidated and I think being young and kind of being that next generation you kind of feel like there's a lot of pressure to like do the right thing and want to like change the world for the better and like or at least just hope that that happens Mm -hmm. um and you know what I mean just like on all aspects uh so that's like scary like being older and like really knowing what's like going on in the world and like paying more attention I think I'm someone who tends to get pretty anxious Mm -hmm. so I'm like you know doing my best to like manage (laughs) manage that side of it and not get too overwhelmed but also, you know, just like, like not getting too overwhelmed, but still educating myself. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, I think, just like the future in general and the future of our country and the future of our planet, just hoping that things change. And, but with that also being said, I think the young generation and the, of like people my age, and even, you know, like you who are doing so much for climate change and POW and just within our sport and, and the snow, snow world, just realizing that I think like people are starting to wake up to that Mm. stuff you Mm. know you know it's kind of half and half but I I feel like I really see it and I feel like kids my age and kids younger than me are really realizing like the things that we need to change to be better at least the people that I surround myself with and maybe that's because I live in a place like Montana you know especially with climate change and people understand like it's October what whatever right now and it's 75 degrees out like that's you know, so it's, it's not just, how it used to be. Mm-mm. So I think just, you know, there's also, like I said, kind of that like fear, but just, you know, getting knowledgeable and in a, in a, in a, in the right way and not overwhelming myself, but also knowing that there are so many great people out there doing the right thing to, you know, and people who want to want to change the world for the better. So yeah, that answers that. No, totally. And I think people listening to this podcast have heard me say versions of this, but I think that as athletes, like that's a skill that we like take with us into the real world with things like getting involved in climate change or, or something that you're passionate about is using that fear to like motivate you. Exactly. Right? Um, and like, that's something that like you deal with, I deal with as an athlete, but then taking that like beyond that. And like, you know, when I'm getting involved with climate change or speaking to politicians, like yeah, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm intimidated, but then I do it anyway, which like, that's the skill I've learned through my S word life, yep. you know? Yep. And I think totally. that that's, totally. I, I see a lot of hope in the younger generation. It's just like, I think that people, you know, well, are just more open-minded and yeah. activated and I don't know, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I totally. Know. And I think people just like focus more on the negatives and there's so many positives that we should be highlighting more. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, 
the news is constantly full of just, oh no, oh no. And like, it's putting fear into people and it would, you know, when you really focus on, you know, cause those are good things to know, but also we need to, we need to focus on the good things too. So I just interviewed this fascinating author. His name is Obi Kaufman. He wrote this, he's writing these field atlases of California, which are like one part science, one part poetry, one part like art. They're these really interesting books. Wow. And he had a really interesting message about hope. And like, it's one thing to like, hope it doesn't rain tomorrow, but there's a whole nother kind of hope where like hope is a tool. Hope is a verb. Hope is like an action item. And I thought that yeah. was like a really cool way to like shift perspective. Like you can say like, oh, I hope that things turn around and like our world gets better. Or I can say like, I hope for this. And like, this is how I'm going to action my hope, you know, by exactly. speaking up in my town sense. or with my people or getting involved with whatever you're passionate about. Totally, totally. And I, that was a really cool way to, to you know, to go about it because there's always that like, you know, it's like having a dream or something, but there's actions that you need to take to get there. So Mm -hmm. no, that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It kind of stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know, so like, obviously it's possible for you to pivot in your life, you know, cause you're young, but it doesn't really seem like that's going to happen. So say right now, 21 years old, you could like snap to a totally different life, totally outside your crazy accomplished career. Um, what would you, what is like the like alternate dream for your life? Oh, that's such a, that's such a good question. That's so tough because I love what I'm doing so much. <laughs> sure. Now that I've gotten the taste of being a pro athlete, I'm like, I don't think I would want to do anything else. <laughs> I think like I said, I'm like, oh man, reality in the real world scares me. I hope I can ski forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I probably would be like, another pro athlete of some sort. Yeah. What sport do you think is your second most gravitational pull? I don't know if I have anything specific, but anything where you, you spend time in the outdoors, like sure. you're just in nature. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people have like, I even listened to a few of your podcasts and people say surfing, but like, always, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's relatable to what we do. Um, but I don't know. I think when I think about what I wanted, if I ever wanted to do something outside of skiing and it's not really specific, I know I want to do something that like gives back, you know, so you wake up every day and you have a purpose and you're doing something good for either, you know, someone specifically or the world in general. So I don't really know what that is. I'm really into like nutrition and health and like kind of the holistic side. So maybe it would be fun to go down an avenue like that. I'm not sure what that would be, but so who knows? I love yeah. it. I love it. I could see that for sure. Who knows? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can. You literally can. Yeah. Like I could be a clown if I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could be a clown. <laughs> so every episode of the podcast, we play a game called Two Highs and a Low. And so I want you to think of two highs and one low of the last year of your life that don't have to do with the S word. Turning 21. I feel like that was a milestone. <laughs> Did you get to turn 21 before COVID? Yeah, I turned 21 in December. So right before oh, nice. the new year. Oh, good. So you got yeah, to like so... go celebrate. What did you do? Oh, yeah. Well, we were actually, I was on an S trip, sure. <laughs> of course, sure. in Switzerland. So I was at a training camp. So we didn't really celebrate then. But when I got back to Park City, where I live in the winter, all my friends and I, we, we ripped it up. <laughs> we had a good time. <laughs> Um, but probably my other highlight, you know, just trying to find the positive within COVID and it's been spending 
like a big chunk of, or, or a long period of time in one place and specifically yeah. being in whitefish yeah. which has been cool so as much as I want to go 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 it's honestly been really really awesome to spend this much time at home with my family with my friends my boyfriend it's it's really been a special time mm-hmm. you know outside of everything else so just drawing a positive from that and then two lows you only have to do oh, one man. low just one. okay only one low okay one. okay <laughs> mm-hmm. probably I had like a lot of plans with my dad with like hiking peaks and stuff we had a couple peaks planned and I got to hike two here but once I got injured I kind of I had to stop hiking so mm. I don't know that's my low although I got in a lot of hikes and a couple peaks I wasn't quite able to do everything we were planning so yeah oh bummer well the peaks will still be it there at least they will still be there <laughs> yeah I love that though I think it's funny how like a lot of people like uh, it keeps coming up like myself included I haven't been in one place for this long since I can remember you know it's been like a decade or something and so it's just yeah, kind of interesting yeah. where like yeah it is nice to like like usually this time of year I'm so busy that I'm like oh I would kill to just like be home long enough to grocery shop and now I have like a full grocery shopping protocol that I follow <laughs> yeah yeah oh so my it's gosh, funny. It's I have so the itch true. to get moving again though for sure I'm not gonna lie like being home is fun but I, I would do. love to get out and get somewhere too you know I'll, I'll be excited when right. we're allowed to like travel and hug and just dance. right when things go back to normal dancing imagine- together Maggie like that would be sweet <laughs> you can yes. dress up again that's fine I liked it <laughs> I'm down hey I'm down I know I, I keep thinking about that I'm like imagine the day when say corona just disappears you know and everyone yeah. can go back to like normal life. Like yeah. I feel like people are going to be so excited. I know. I know. That, you know, we take a lot for granted and hopefully, you know, if we did take a lot to- for granted, yeah. for sure. I definitely, yeah. definitely realize that, but even just like hugging people, you know, I but, know it's yeah. true. <laughs> um, did you think of a story you want to share with us? Yes. <laughs> I had, I was like on the phone with my boyfriend and I was like oh my gosh I have to think of a story what what do I do besides like <laughs> besides the s word and it's it's not it was so long ago that it's not like that embarrassing anymore but it was just it's <laughs> super random so basically I'm gonna say long story short but it's gonna be long story long <laughs> I I started like flying alone when I was 13 Huh? like Alaskan alone without like being an un- un- unaccompanied minor or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. So I was 14 and I was flying from Montana to Park City. Um, yeah, flying into Salt Lake. And of course, my parents like flying from Montana, flying Alaskan, there is no like, what? there's no direct flight to Salt Lake. So I had to fly like Seattle, Seattle to Salt Lake, but whatever. I was young. It was yeah. I'm like, I'm flying alone. It's fun. And I had a seven hour layover in Seattle. I'm sure that was just the cheapest flight that my parents could book, but whatever. So I'm sitting at my gate and I just was watching Netflix and I got lost and I didn't realize that my gate had changed. Oh no. So, so, and I had gotten up, I was like, okay, I should be boarding now. And was like, kind of had an, oh shit moment. Um, packed my bags and I like barely made it onto my plane and I'm sitting there on the plane and all of a sudden I'm like, we're like, we're like taxiing. I'm like, I'm going to pee my pants. I am going to pee my pants. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pee my pants. 
And I kind of just started panicking. I'm like a 14 year old. I'm like, I just get up and just walk. Like I know we're taxing, but do I just get up? And I'm one of those people. I'm like, no, I don't want to make the flight attendants mad or make them yell at me. (laughs) So I pushed the, like the flight attendant button and they walk up and we're still like taxiing out. And they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just really have to pee. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, wait one second. And the guy next to me, I think was like, oh, he probably just felt bad. He's like, this little 14 year old is, I don't know, this little girl is like, doesn't look okay. And um, I come back and the flight attendant's like, okay, we're going to pull the plane over on the side of the runway so you can stop and go pee. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even kidding you. So they stopped the plane. Everyone's like, I had like, no idea what? they could do that. I, d- I didn't know they could do that either. But I think, I don't know, maybe just because I was a little girl and I'm like, they kept checking on me afterwards. I'm like, you're okay. I was like, I'm just so embarrassed. But anyways, I did the walk of shame, went to the bathroom and came back and we started moving again. But my whole thing is my whole story is basically I stopped a plane on the side of the runway so I could pee. <laughs> and I've had a phobia ever since. So anytime before I get on my flight, I'm like, go to the bathroom. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not kidding you I always think about it well you should pee the seat though that would have been way worse that was my nightmare <laughs> I like I I can just sometimes be an anxious person I started working myself up and I was like <laughs> I was like oh my I'm gonna I was like it's it's gonna happen if I don't go I'm gonna pee my pants so that's so yep, funny that happened and it's never happened ever since <laughs> that's so funny I love it I I mean I feel like I've had to pee in some like really op- inopportune times, but I've never had to pull a plane over. I'd be so embarrassed. I probably would have just peed myself, honestly, but maybe I'm just more selfish. Like, now, you know, in reality, I probably could have held it, but I said I, I went into panic really mode. Bad for you. I shouldn't hold it. It's very bad for you. So yeah, there you go. So it's, it was, it's a good thing. Oh gosh. I love it. I love it. I actually just got, I was I had to stop and pee in the middle of a mountain bike ride yesterday. And I like was too lazy to get super far off the trail. And of course someone like comes right by, like, right. I'm like, damn it. I don't like that embarrassment. I'm like, God, sorry. I mean, I'm not going to stop, but sorry. (laughs) That's the worst when you just stop anywhere to pee like that, whether it's on the mountain or like you mentioned and people will like come by and you're like, well, you just saw my butt, but sorry. Oh, oh, well. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> oh man, so funny. Um, well, Maggie, thank you so much for making time to come on the podcast. I hope that your recovery keeps going good and I hope we can maybe ski together on our snowmobiles this winter. Um, for people that want to keep following you or keep in touch with you, where is the best place they can find you? Um, I just on social media, Maggie underscore Boysen. Um, I'm most active on Instagram and I honestly like Twitter and all that. I'm not really active on. I try, I try to keep it as simple as possible. So I'm not on my phone as much, but that's a good place to follow me. Nice. Yeah. I suck at Twitter too. I, I go for like spurts and then I try to like say things I think are funny and then nobody thinks they're funny on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this. What about, are you TikToking? No. So oh my God. I, I like I said, I think like I watched the social dilemma, but even prior to that, oh, I've just list. always been like, I need to spend less time on my phone. I'm like, I live in a beautiful place, go outside, which I do do a lot of that. But TikTok, I refuse to get, and I'm so happy that I did. Well, and sometimes I'll watch you. it on my friend's phone with them, and it's like a luxury. But other than that, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, good for you. Maybe that is like goes back to the hope of the next generation. I myself went right down the TikTok tu- like tunnel, <laughs> like in the beginning of COVID when we weren't doing anything. And I realized it was like dancing. And I just uh-huh. like would dance in my living room for like four hours doing these stupid TikTok dances. My boyfriend would just like sit there, like ignoring me, like on his computer or reading or something. Um, I haven't been, now that we can like be outside and be more normal, I haven't done as much, but those TikTok dances are pretty fun. Have to say. That's probably good. I'm not a big dancer. So that's probably why I was like, (laughs) oh, I was like, watch this. I'm a savage. Oh, I can see it. I believe it. <laughs> Embarrassing, but fun. Um, yeah. Well, sweet. And for everybody listening to, please go watch Swift Current. Uh, can they find it on your Instagram? I would say, yeah. That if you go to my Instagram, it's still in the link in my bio. The link is in my bio, but you can also just YouTube Swift Current Maggie Boys in, and it's under the Good Company YouTube page. Right, right. So it would probably be easy. It's to awesome. Find. You guys should watch it. Everybody should watch it, and maybe we'll do like Snow Pony Swift Current like collab this winter. Yeah. You know? hey. Um. But yeah, uh, thank you, good. thank you so so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy those outdoors, and uh, yeah, let let me know when the knee is one hundred percent. Oh, sounds good. No, thank you so much. And let's pray for some snow, a yeah. deep winter. <laughs> deep winter is what we all need right now. I agree. Um, everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. I, of course, am Amy Ski on Instagram, where you can keep following me, send me questions, all that good stuff. And uh, we will catch you next time on Long Underwear. Hi, I'm meteorologist Joel Gratz with Open Snow. Where do you get your weather? Your phone's weather app might be fine for your home, but it doesn't specialize in directing you to the best powder. Instead, try the snow-specific forecasts, snow reports, mountain cams, and local commentary delivered by OpenSnow. Go to OpenSnow.com or download the OpenSnow app for iPhone or Android. OpenSnow is built by skiing weather forecasters like me, just for those of us who want to find the best snow. Skiing and riding is wrapped up in memories. Memories that inspire me to push myself, like skiing the Palisades with my dad for the first time at age six. And memories that have taught me how to overcome fear and learn from past mistakes, like getting buried in an avalanche in Utah. Do you have a mountain memory that sticks with you? Well, we want to hear it. The good, the bad, the hilarious, the regretful, and the impactful. Leave us a voice message at 970-510-0451 and share your memories with us. We will be airing a memories episode at the end of the season with all your incredible voices. Please keep in mind the voice memos with poor sound quality, language, or over one minute in length will not be considered. Feel free to share your name and where you're from or leave it anonymous. Go ahead, drop us a line. This podcast is a Warren Miller Entertainment production and is presented by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Inkerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team.